You're listening to Sunday Worship at Weddington Methodist Church. Find more ways to worship, fellowship, serve, study, and be supported at weddingtonchurch.org. I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Psalms. Psalm 63, a Psalm of David. Psalm 63. I'll give you a moment to find this in your Bibles. Psalm 63, where David shares. Oh God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is satisfied with a rich feast. And my mouth praises you with joyful lips when I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. For they shall be given over to the power of the sword, and they shall be prey for the jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for your love and for your grace, for the privilege now of studying together your holy word. And God, as I stand before these, your people, this is your church. So I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Have you ever been in love? Remember what that feels like when you fall in love with someone? I mean, everything changes immediately for you. You want to spend your time with that other person. You're either with them physically or you're on the phone trying to talk to them. You're texting with them to try to figure out when can we get together. Communication is there pretty regularly. You just can't seem to get enough of being together. Well, St. Augustine, one of the early church fathers, understood what love and romance and the embrace was like. Augustine was born in 354, so he was one of the early church leaders. His father was pagan. His mother was a very devout Christian. As a youth, though, Augustine was pretty wild. He shares about some of his sexual exploits, the things that he got into. He was one of those kids that just tried to figure out whatever he wanted to do, be whatever he wanted to be, with no restraint whatsoever. He grows up, still kind of on the wild side. He becomes a professor he has a mistress, has a child by that mistress. And then one of the things that he did that broke his mother's heart 
was he set aside his mother's faith. He set aside the Christian faith. And it just about destroyed her. But he tells the story that sometime later he was listening as a child was reading this verse over and over and over again, kind of had a sing-song melody going with it, and he was intrigued by what the child was saying. The child gets up and leaves and leaves the book on the table, so he walks over to it and sees where it's open to, and it was open to Paul's letter to the church at Rome. It was the Bible. Romans 13, verses 13 and 14 is what was being shared. The child was sharing over and over, Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Augustine shares that he read that scripture, read those verses, and immediately felt something changing in his life, and his life changed forever. He became a monk. He then became a priest. And then he becomes the Bishop of Hippo and becomes one of the great theologians of the church. And he writes this wonderful phrase. He said... To fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek Him is the greatest adventure. To find Him, the greatest achievement. Did you catch that? To fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek Him, the greatest adventure. To find Him. The greatest human achievement. David, King David, a man after God's own heart, could relate to these feelings. He understood what was going on here. Do you remember David was the shepherd boy who grows up to become the greatest king in all of Israel? He wasn't a perfect man by any means, but he was a man who loved God, a man after God's own heart. And when we read Psalm 63... It's interesting to see the intimacy that David has for God, his longing for God, his passion for God. Now, some of your Bibles may have a title for the Scripture as a Psalm of David in the Wilderness of Judah. And James May, who is a great biblical scholar, Old Testament scholar, reminds us that this psalm was so valued in the early church, in the early days of the Christian faith, that it was the morning psalm that was used to introduce the singing of psalms, and it was used to introduce and open the Sunday worship. Dr. May says that it speaks of the thirst of the soul for God, the quenching of that thirst through the presence of God in the sanctuary, and the response of praise as the expression of life itself. The thirst of the soul for God. You hear David at the beginning of this psalm, and, and he's sharing that he is just in a wilderness experience. And literally, in the wilderness, there are overtones of this scripture all the way back to 1 Samuel 
chapters 23 and 24 when David is fleeing from King Saul. You may remember that King Saul is very paranoid about David as this new king. He's very jealous of David. And in spite of the fact that David is best friends with the king's son, King Saul sets out to kill David, to have him killed. And and so David is fleeing from him. He flees from him in the wilderness of Judah. And and when you see some of the scenes, as as you can see now, you can just see that it's it's very dry, desolate area. Water is limited. The hillsides are incredible. The elevation is absolutely amazing. It is exhausting to kind of be there. The longing for water. And David cries out in verse 1, Oh God, you are my God, and I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I mean, you hear David crying out to God in that time where God Where are you? I need you. I want you. You hear it again in Psalm 22. I love Psalm 22 and Psalm 23 when you hear David crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where where are you when I need you most? But as in Psalm 22 and Psalm 23, David will then come to that, Here you are. Because you you end up with the quenching of that thirst, as Dr. May says, through the presence of God in the sanctuary. The quenching of that thirst through the presence of God. You see David come into the sanctuary of God and he sees the power and glory of God. He said in verse 2, So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, that sacred space, beholding your power and your glory. There's something about realizing we are in the presence of God. There's something about sacred space. It's one of the things I love about a sanctuary, a place that has been consecrated and dedicated to the worship and praise of God, a place where you, you feel like you need to take off your shoes, your own holy ground. I'm teaching a disciple Bible study and Recently, we were looking at the beginning of Exodus, and in Exodus 3, verse 5, you remember the calling of Moses when God calls to Moses out of the burning bush? Moses looks over, and he sees the bush that it's burning, but it's not consumed, and as he's really trying to figure out why doesn't it burn up, why doesn't it collapse in on itself, God says to him, come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. We need that place where we feel, wow, I am in the presence of the Almighty God. Moses hid his face. He knew, I can't look at God. And and, and those encounters with God, when we feel your presence, we feel the power and the glory and the presence and the power of our amazing God. A sense of being in sacred space. The need for worship as we are doing now when we study God's Word and we pause to be reminded of who God is and our need to be in the presence of God. And David has this rejuvenating encounter with God. Oh, he is, he's revived. He's, his thirst is quenched. And 
And he's rejuvenated and refreshed and inspired to be who God has called him to be. And then, as Dr. May says, there is that response of praise as the expression of life itself. Did you hear what David said in verse 3? Because because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. It's amazing when you hear the steadfast love of God is better than life. The, the Hebrew word for steadfast love here is the hesed. And, and the hesed, it, it, it's that powerful, amazing love. I've had the privilege over the last three weeks to do four weddings. This past weekend, for example, I had a wedding on Saturday night up in the Blowing Rock area and another one on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and the Lancaster, South Carolina area. It's just absolutely amazing to work with these couples and, and, and be together with them, to talk about their ceremonies, to plan this holy event, to be with them as they give their lives together. And one of the things we share is that, that love is an amazing gift. You can't make somebody love you. It, it's a gift that we freely offer to someone. And, and, and this love that is offered is an unconditional love for better, for worse, rich or poor, sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until we are parted by death. It's a sacrificial kind of love. And, and, and here, David, we get that sense of, of this love that God has, this steadfast love where God says to us, I am with you, better or worse, rich or poor, sickness and in health, to love and to cherish, and we will never be parted by death. It's an amazing steadfast love that David says, this is better than life. Now, for a Hebrew person to share that something is better than life is absolutely amazing. Again, in our disciple Bible studies, we're working through Exodus. We're now in the law and what is the purpose of the law of God as we read it. One of the things you see is the value of life. The value of life and the sacredness of life. So when David says, your steadfast love is better than life itself is an amazing way of recognizing this intimate relationship with you, God. That's what gives me life. That's what gives me purpose in life. And we watch David move from thirst to satisfaction. He says in verse 5, My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips when I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you've been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. David's, wow, this relationship with you, this love that you have, it satisfies my soul. It's what gives me life and completeness. I, I'm satisfied as with a rich feast. And there in the shadow of your wings, I know you are protecting me. You are always there with me. You are actually upholding me in the strength and the power of your mighty right hand. Ah, David goes from wilderness Searching for God 
to the sanctuary, the power of being in the presence of God and knowing that God is with us and that intimacy of God and and the power and the protection of God. Athanasius, who was a 4th century theologian born in 296, he, he shares with us that most scriptures speak to us, but the Psalms speak for us. Most scriptures speak to us, but the Psalms speak for us. We can put ourselves in the scripture and we can relate with David and, and we can allow David's prayer and David's cry to be our prayer and our cry. And we begin to sense, when is it that, that I find myself in a wilderness? I mean, that may be where you find yourself right now in a, in a land that seems so dry, longing for water, in, in a place that the hillsides are so high, the climb is so great that it's exhausting, and, and you're looking for the presence of God. My, my soul longs for you, God. We'll hear the good news. David then realizes, God, you are you are always with me. And when he comes into the presence of the sanctuary, when he comes to a time of worship, which is what you're doing right now, that time where you set aside from the chaos of life and you create that sacred space to be in the presence of God, and you feel God with you, that, that thirst is quenched with the presence of God. So I encourage you, just... Just fall in love with God and allow God then to, to quench your thirst and, and allow this relationship with God and to receive His steadfast love in your life to where you realize, I am loved with an incredible, sacrificial, unconditional love from my God who protects me under the shadow of His wing, who upholds me in the power of His mighty right hand. I am in the presence of God. And I will sing praise to him. It's why David then in the 23rd Psalm is able to go, the Lord is my shepherd and I have everything I could possibly need. Wherever I am, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know that you are right here with me. The presence of the amazing almighty God. St. Augustine again, the great theologian, shares in his confessions that we have this hunger for God that just can't be quenched with anything else. People tend to search for God or search for meaning in so many places. We look at our world today and and we see people who go, I want to be spiritual. I'm not sure about you know, about being in a religion or being in a church or where I'm searching. And that's why we, we go online trying to find, is there meaning somewhere? And, and, and it's so easy for us to get caught up with somebody or some fad or something. St. Augustine reminds us, he, he writes, You have made us for yourself, O God, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. You've made us for yourself, O oh God, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. I love St. Augustine's statement to fall in love with God is the greatest 
romance. So I want to ask you now just to think for a moment. Do you love God? Are you in love with God? Is this a powerful relationship that makes your soul long for God? It's when we fall in love with someone and we just can't seem to be with them enough. Is your relationship with God one that draws you to Him? To fall in love with God is the greatest romance. To seek Him is the greatest adventure. Are you on that journey seeking God? My soul faints for you. My life, I am longing for you, God. Are you longing for a relationship with God? Or are we happy just with a casual acquaintance with God? Or do we want that intimacy with God, that, that kind of relationship where God knows us inside out and we feel that we're in the arms of God, the embrace of God, and to find Him? To find Him the greatest human achievement. David relates in this psalm, starts in the wilderness, looking and longing for God, finding Him in the sanctuary, and a life that will now praise Him forever. I invite you to spend some time with this psalm and spend some time Falling in love with God, seeking God, finding Him, and living with Him forever. Will you pray with me? God, we find ourselves so many times in wilderness areas. Our lives, our souls, we search for You, we long for You. We know where you are. We know that you're part of our lives, but sometimes we set you aside and then there's this hunger that occurs, this thirst that occurs, this longing for you that occurs. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And God, I pray that if someone is restless right now, that, that you would just inspire them, that you, your Holy Spirit would be poured out, they would feel your grace convicting and wooing and loving, that they would then receive your embrace and fall in love with you. God, help us to seek you, never to be satisfied with where we are in our relationship, but always wanting it to grow deeper, to spend more time with you, that our lives would be reflective of you. And God, help us to receive you, to find you and to be the people then that you call us to be as your disciples. God, we are hungry and we search so many places, but you've made us for yourselves and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Amen.